Well, it is that time of year of Christmas carols and kind of warm, fuzzy feeling movies of Christmas stories on TV. Do you know the first Christmas carol was sung by angels to a bunch of shepherds who were out watching their sheep at night? How well do you know the story of Christmas beyond the carols and the postcards? For instance, how many times did angels appear in the Christmas story with a message for someone? Was it one, two, three, four, five, six, ten times? It was five times angels appeared. And one of my favourite times in the story Uh, in the Christmas story of angels appearing is when the angels appeared to the shepherds. And we see that story in Luke chapter 2. Maybe it's because I'm a farmer's son and we had sheep on the farm, I don't know, but it's one of my favourite stories. And in that visitation of the angels, one of the things that the angel said stands always stands out to me is he spoke to the shepherds. He said, I bring good news that will cause great joy for all people. And the thing that grabs me often is that for all people. This is for everyone, not just someone. For all people. Can you imagine what it might have been like for those shepherds just doing what they do every night, making sure the sheep are safe and suddenly... Angels appear and there's this bright, shining kind of glory around them. To be one of those angels, to hear that message and then to go into Bethlehem and to be able to share that with the other shepherds, you know, this say, hey, I can imagine the shepherds who were terrified, it says, at one point going, I'm not scared to them, mate. Are you scared? No, I'm not scared. Are you scared? No. Well, if I'm honest, I am a bit scared. Oh, yeah, me too. But to be able to share that. Can you imagine what it might have been like if it was just one shepherd who heard and saw the angels? And then he goes to share with the other shepherds later on and other people and they go, that's nice. And then to each other they're saying, I think Asherah has been on the cactus juice again. (laughs) You know, the best moments often in life are the moments that we share with others. If you think about it, most of those moments, whether it's one or two or with a whole crowd, you know, there's nothing like being at the first day of an Ashes test. It would have been wonderful to be up at the Gabba, that first over, when they get the first wicket to be part of the roar of the crowd when the first pommy gets out for a duck. Conversely, can you imagine what it'd be like if you go to the Tea Tree Gully Christmas carols this year? No, you won't be because you're going to be at Christmas in the Valley. No, it's Waterworld tonight, isn't it? That's right, you're going to be at Waterworld. But if you were going, but you were the only one there, it wouldn't, just wouldn't be the same, would it? You know, the thing that makes community Christmas carols what they are for people who go, many of whom who never go near a church during the year, is that for that hour or so, they get to sing with others songs with a positive sentiment. For an hour or so, they are with one heart and mind with a whole group of other people, even though in the world around them or maybe in their daily life there is turmoil. 
You know, there's a thing in physics called constructive interference that is a great illustration of when we do things together, one wave coming one way, one wave going the other way, and when they meet, they amplify each other. When we do positive, good things together, it has the ability to amplify the positive impact on us and others. Throughout the Bible, this phrase, let us, comes up. Let us come and worship God. Let us go up to the temple. It's always a a corporate invitation to come and experience together the goodness of God. Using that example of physics again, sometimes waves can meet and one's positive and one's negative. And when they meet, the positive one cancels out the negative. And again, when we are doing life together and we might be having a tough time, but other people are kind of in good shape so that when they are around us, them being there can help mitigate that, the impact of that negative thing in our life. As it says in Ecclesiastes, two are better than one. If either of them falls down, one can help the other. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Now, all of that reinforces this truth that God created us to do life together. God didn't create us to go solo. We flourish when we are in constructive and positive and healthy relationships with other people. And in particular, God created us to do faith hope and love together. We have that wonderful refrain in, a, in the carol, O come let us adore him. And we're going to sing about that uh, after the sermon today. God created us to do love and faith and hope together. As we draw closer to Christmas this year, and we pause to reflect again of those events of Christmas, we remember in that story of the angels coming to the shepherds that it was to a group of people that the good news came. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, that's Bethlehem, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Then there is the invitation to go as a group and see for themselves. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. It was as a group that they spread the good news of the Messiah being born. And it was a group of wise men that were told to come and find this Messiah King that has just been born, to follow the star. And it would have taken them three months probably, they reckon, to get there. I can imagine them sitting around the campfire at night on their journey, 
saying to one another, it's about time you had a bath, you smell like the camels. But also sharing, I wonder what it's going to be like. I wonder what it will look like. I wonder what will happen when we get there. How are we going to actually find the actual place where he is? We've got this general indication by the star. They shared the journey, shared the moment. And you can imagine the debriefing afterwards on the three months or so of the journey going home. So why is it so important that, like the wise men, like the shepherds, we experience Jesus together? Well, first up, it's good to be reminded as we read through the scriptures that God always speaks to, relates to humanity corporately. He rescued all of Israel in one hit from slavery out of Egypt. He formed them into a nation over 40 years, a nation that was to live differently with their God, to be a witness of who God was and his love and his grace and his goodness to the pagan world around them. The prophets spoke to Israel as a nation. And when Jesus came, he gathered the new believers into this new community to do life together. And through the New Testament, we see believers spoken of not as individuals but as a corporate body, a flock, a corporate priesthood, a vine with many branches, a people who gather together. Yet you might say, and rightly so, that when I read the Gospels, I see Jesus meeting individuals and dealing with them uniquely depending on their circumstances. Even Jesus said, my heavenly Father can count the hairs on your head. He knows you that well. And I would add, he also knows if you've dyed your hair. And so we sometimes, Christians, get tangled because they look at these two perspectives and they see them as polar opposites and yet the truth is they actually overlap. Carl Rogers, who is a a psychologist, an American psychologist who led the way in developing patient-centred counselling and therapy. He had a Christian background but he drifted away from his Christian roots. But he discovered and, and kind of succinctly named this truth. What is most personal is most universal. What is most personal is most universal. What we feel and experience most deeply is most common to all people. Every human being desires to be known and to know others, to be able to connect with others in positive and helpful ways, to live a good life in health, to be able to raise a family if if you're in that situation in peace and security, to have meaning and purpose, to live a fruitful life and so many other things. They are desires that God has placed in the heart of every individual and is common to all humanity. Now on the other side of the coin, we all have a problem. As the scripture says, we all fall short of the glory of God because we all sin and it separates us from God. And so we are all capable of injuring others and being injured by others, of knowing pain, of guilt and shame, of imperfect relationships and so much more. And so we are all in need of a saviour who can deal with our sin problem for us because we can't deal with it ourselves nor can we deal with it together. 
We're all in need of a saviour who can reconcile us to our Heavenly Father. What is most personal is most universal. And so doing faith, hope and love together makes sense because even though we're on a unique journey, we are on a common journey. So what does that look like in practice? Why is it important? What are the practical implications of doing life with Jesus and with each other? Well, firstly, you can be known and be known. That deepest desire of humanity that God has placed in our hearts. To be known and be known means you need other people in your life. Now, sometimes you might be tempted to say, well, why can't it just be me and Jesus? People make it messy. I grew up not wanting to work with people and their problems. <laughs> Being a farmer and working with animals was a lot simpler. You know, some people say, well, the church would be a wonderful thing if it wasn't for the people. But when you read the New Testament Gospels and you see the story of Jesus and the first disciples, what do you see? Jesus called them to himself and put them together at the same time. Jesus didn't go one by one and say, hey, come and spend a year with me and I'll get you sorted out because that'll be simpler. And then he goes off and does that with someone else and then he does it with someone else. And when he's got them all sorted out individually, he then brings them together to create this new community. No, Jesus brings them to himself and they get to know each other at the same time. That's the way God works. There's this three-way knowing and being known. Knowing Jesus and being known by him and knowing others and being known by them. There's one thing that if you think, well, what, could I, what does that mean for me? Well, there's lots of things, but there's one thing you might think about doing this Christmas. If you have space at your table at one of your Christmas meals and you know some other people, whether it's through church or elsewhere in your community, who do not have family or friends to celebrate with this Christmas, why not invite them to the table and get to know them and let them get to know you? We also help each other grow in faith, hope and love when we do life together. As we relate to Jesus and each other, we can learn from Jesus and begin to live that out with each other. At our first service... We had an infant baptism, little Alfie Headland, and his mum's Stu and dad, Stu and Joe, came. And as part of that, they made a promise to bring Alfie to church, to be part of the church family, because they know Alfie needs the whole church family. But we also need Alfie amongst us as well. You see, love is what you do in your interactions with others. It's not just a feeling that you carry around in your heart. We need others in our lives to practice loving on, forgiving, accepting, persevering with, being patient with, learning how we get on when we have different personalities and gifts and different stories and backgrounds. It requires someone else to serve and to love and to practice with and they with you. And faith is something that we should share not just keep to ourselves. It would be very easy for me, for instance, to say, well, to myself, I'm going to trust Jesus with this 
thing in my life, this issue in my life, that he will see me through or he will change it. But either way, I'm going to keep trusting him. But as time goes on, if it gets tougher and tougher, I could walk away from trusting Jesus in that and no one would know, apart from, of course, Jesus. But if we share with others, hey, I'm going to trust Jesus with this, then they can add their faith to my faith. They can add their prayers to my prayers. If I start to get a bit shaky and and think I don't think I can keep going, I don't know whether Jesus is going to come through for me on this, then they can say, hey, hang in there, bud. We're with you and Jesus is with you. You know, we get to pray for one another's needs. Just recently uh, a family member had some serious medical issues and so we put it on the prayer chain. And so dozens of people prayed for her. And the result is the outcome we prayed for rather than serious surgery, less serious surgery that means ongoing good health has been secured. Can you imagine if you were facing that and no one cared and no one was with you? But together we can bring hope and love in practical ways as we add our faith to each other's. One of the ways we can do that is just simply by persisting with one another on a journey. And in the new year, in February, we are doing 28 days of community. And so whether you're here on site or you're online, I want to encourage you in January when the the news comes out about this and the opportunity to sign up is to sign up. Commit yourself to journeying with others for 28 days, whether it's with one or two or a community group of six to ten. Do life together and see how you can help each other grow in faith, hope and love. And the other thing that happens when you do life together is you discover you're not alone. You're not the only one in that sense. You know, I meet people who are struggling in life. Something's come their way that is a big issue. It's hard and they're struggling And they go, no one knows, no one understands, no one, I'm the only one that's facing this. But when we do life together, we discover, well, actually, what is most personal is most universal. That in our Saviour Jesus, we have someone who's been through what we've been through. I was reflecting as little Alfie was up there with his mum and dad and Kyan and for the baptism. Hey, Jesus was a baby, just like Alfie dependent on others, not fully able to understand what was going going on around him for a season until he was old enough. Jesus has been there too. But when we do it with Jesus and others, there are others who have been there before us and they have discovered in their walk with Jesus and with a community of faith how God has helped them through those tough times. And so when we face that and we share with them, there are others around us who can say, hey, I've been there, I know what it's like. Here's how Jesus worked in my life. They have a deep empathy of understanding. As Paul said in his letter to the Corinthians, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received. There are others who have been there before you who can help you 
but there will be stages or times where you've been there and God can use you to help others who are now hitting that brick wall. And we can learn from others. A depth to our faith, hope and love can be added by others. They can fill in blanks that we haven't yet filled in for us. It's like when you do life just with you and Jesus, it's a 2D picture, but when you do life with Jesus and others, it becomes a 3D picture. As they fill in blanks that we have left, as they encourage us, correct us as we journey together. You know, I used to think people of great faith were people who were gifted a a great faith. But then as I got to know some of them, one, they were very ordinary people like me, and two, their faith grew because through life they faced many, many challenges and each time they chose to trust Jesus anyway and their faith grew. At times I used to think love was this word that Christians used a lot but really didn't have any grunt to it. And then I began to meet Christians who lived out their love in sacrificial ways. And I understood there was more to love than just this nice word. A pastor friend and his wife in Uganda who have six of their own children leading a growing church and developing a Christian school for poor kids in their community took in 40 children on top of their own who were neglected or orphaned, who had no hope and no future. Can you imagine doing that? That's love in action. I wondered about how does this hope we talk about really impact my everyday life? It's a wonderful thing knowing that we have a place in heaven secured for us by Jesus. But what does that mean in how I live out my life today? And then I heard this story at a global leadership summit a couple of years ago where a young Indian lady, she was probably from a middle-class background, studied and became a lawyer, became a Christian and began to understand God's love for her and all people, particularly people who are treated unjustly. And she ended up joining a ministry called the International Justice Mission and around the world they worked to release people from slavery. And in India, there are many people who are literally kept slaves, kept imprisoned to work for free for other people. And so she works with other Christians to find them and set them free. Now, some of these people who keep people in slavery like that are not against using violence to keep their slaves. And so this young lady, she's married, she has young children, and she says to her husband sometimes when she's going off, on the day of reckoning when they're going to get these people out, she says, I may not come home today. And she doesn't say that to be scary. She just is stating the reality. But she says it with a smile on her face in a sense and her husband understands. How can she do that, risk her life for the sake of others? Well, she has this hope along with those she works with that no matter when and how her life ends here on earth, Heaven awaits her and so she has a freedom to live out her calling today. Now, while I'm not called to that, I hope, it's helped me understand how I have a freedom to live in the moment 
because my future is secured. You see, my picture of Jesus, my picture of myself, my picture of you and and other people is so much richer, has so much colour and contrast, depth and perspective because I've been journeying with Jesus and other people now for over 50 years. So this morning, if you're listening in, if you're here on site, first of all, If you know about Jesus but you don't know him and are not known by him, then the first step is to get to know Jesus. Make a decision today. I'm going to start walking with Jesus and I'm going to ask him to make himself known to me and I'm going to spend some time each day telling Jesus about myself. And then beyond that, or for those of you that already know Jesus, if you're not connected with other Christians beyond Sunday morning, if you're enjoying watching us online on your own and it's been a good thing, don't keep going solo. Do whatever it takes to get connected with other Christians and start the journey with Jesus and them. And if you need help doing that, then contact us here and I will help you get connected either at hollow at hopevalleychurch.com.au or via our website or our church app. Don't remain solo with Jesus because he's never called you to just walk with him. He has called you to walk with him and with others. And it may be that you're doing that fairly well, which I know many of you are. And so maybe this Christmas, the question this season is to be asking yourselves, well, who can I touch base with? Who can I particularly look out for to encourage their faith, to serve them in love or to help inspire their hope this Christmas season? Or maybe conversely, to whom can I open my heart so that they might encourage my faith, so that they might serve me, so that they might bring a fresh spark of hope into my life? Let's pray. Wonderful God, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, our Saviour and friend, Holy Spirit, our ever-present helper. We thank you that you've chosen to do life with us. You actually never wanted to do life or eternity without us, but you've always desired to do life with us and not just with us as isolated individuals, but with us corporately. Lord, sometimes we have trouble getting to know you. Help us overcome our own fears and doubts. Help us overcome those things that we want to hide from you and help us to be honest with you about who we are. And, Lord, help us overcome those obstacles that we put between ourselves and others. Help us to drop our barriers so that we can let others into our lives and we can engage in faith, hope and love with others. And, Lord, I pray that Hope Valley Church, as a group of imperfect Christians, that you would use us to draw others in. 
whether that be here around the Hope Valley area, as part of the Hope Valley family in Pinaru and other places. Lord, that you would use us to share that good news to others and help them begin this journey with you and with us so that, Lord, we can be the people you created us to be, so that we can be your light in the world, so that we can be your big family that always has room for others at the table. Lord, help us to be open to the input of others into our lives, that we may grow further in faith, hope and love than we would on our own. In Jesus' name.